On the field, inside the clubhouse, and everything in between. This is Brewers Weekly. Here's Dominic Catronio. Hey, look at that. Brand new year. We got stuff to talk about here for the Brew Crew. Hi, everybody. I'm Dominic Catronio. Thanks for spending a little bit of your Thursday night with us tonight. Some headlines this week from the Brewers. We're going to talk about Wade Miley. We're going to talk about Alex Claudio. Talk about Bryce Wilson. Who knows how long he's going to be staying on the roster, but... Uh, a lot to get to uh, this week, but I want to start the show with a quick uh, update as far as a fun event we want the fans to be involved in. This was announced today by the Brewers. Myself is going to be involved with it. Greg Matzik here on the station is going to be involved as well. Hot Stove and Cold Brews will be on Wednesday, January 18th, so a little less than two weeks from now, at Dugout 54, and it's completely free. And I know a lot of folks are complaining, oh, when's FanFest coming back? When's Brewers FanFest coming back? Look, this is probably going to be your best chance to have something like FanFest this year. I can't speak for what the Brewers' plans are with that, but Hot Stove and Cold Brews, Wednesday, January 18th at Dugout 54. It starts at 4.30. That's when the door is open. we got photo opportunities. The guest list is already fantastic. Already, we've, we're going to also be broadcasting live there as well, but if you want to come on in and hang out, you will see Willie Adamas, Freddie Peralta, Aaron Ashby, Owen Miller, Sal Freelich, and Garrett Mitchell, along with Craig Council and Matt Arnold as well, will be mingling about at Dugout 54. So again, January 18th, 4.30 is when the door is open at Dugout 54, um, Blue Mound Road in Milwaukee. It's, uh, it should be a fun event, and uh, Greg and I are looking forward to hosting a roundtable with the guys there live. That'll be from 6 to 7 that night live here on WTMJ. We'll have it recorded as well. Don't worry, but we'd love if you're there in person. You could submit questions when you're there as well at Dugout 54, January 18th. You'll hear plenty about it, but I just wanted to open up the show with that, saying hope to see you guys out there. Uh, if you want to participate in our show tonight, that's the old National Bank Talk and Text Line, 855 855- 616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. The Old National Bank talk and text line. Old National Bank, get old. So what happened this week? <laughs> well, Happy New Year, Brewers. They uh, dusted off the cobwebs and made some moves. Tuesday, signed a minor league deal with a non-roster invite to big league spring training for old friend Alex Claudio, left-handed specialist. Spent most of last season in AAA with the Mets organization. His last full year in the big leagues was 2021 with the Angels. Of course, spent 2019 and 2020 with Milwaukee. He's been a guy that the three-batter minimum rule has really hurt him. And over the last few years in the big leagues, the numbers have not been pretty. He still gets a lot of ground balls, but opponents have been slugging off of him in 2021. His ERA was over 5.5 with the Angels. Uh, This is a a minor league deal, so he's not on the 40-man roster yet, which is currently full. More on that in a second. But when you look at Claudio, and I tweeted this earlier this week, the Brewers have very little left-handed depth, especially in the bullpen. Uh, You look at it, Hobie Milner is the only true left-handed reliever slated to come back into the bullpen this year. And he just had a career-high innings pitched and games appeared in. It was a grind for him. I would not rely on that again. It'd be nice to have the same performance, but uh, I think you're kidding yourself if you want to have that exact same guy appear like nothing's changed. That would be a tall ask of Hobie Milner. So they need some help on the left-handed side. I tweeted that, how the heck is Andrew Chafin still available? I I really want Andrew, Justin Pottinger, our, my producer, is also agreeing with me on that. You're a Cubs fan, though, aren't you, Justin? So you you know about Andrew. You, you've seen. I saw oh, him with yeah. the A's as oh, well. Yeah. He's great, too. I was sitting uh, when he was warming up, and he's very active with the fans. Great guy. I love him. Great guy. Lives in a van. 
Uh, very Chris Farley as down by the river. You know, if you're too young for that reference, I don't know what to tell you. But I, I still would love to see Andrew Chafin. Claudio, though, is a depth piece. You know, don't overthink it. It's a minor league deal. He'll be added to the to uh, the non roster invitee list coming up in spring training. Which, by the way, it's only 50 days away. We're 50 days from spring training games being played, which means we're like you know 30 ish, 35 ish from pitchers and catchers reporting. The Brewers have not announced their date yet. It's usually right around Valentine's Day. Uh, heck yeah, sign me! I'm, I'm, it's here. Let's go! Come on! Let's 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 get excited, y'all. Uh, next up, what else happened this week? Uh, they traded for Bryce Wilson, and this had Brewers Twitter up in a tivy. <laughs> I tell you, man, it was kind of funny to see some folks react to this. Uh, I'm not blaming you for reacting the way you did. If you're not familiar with Bryce Wilson, I don't blame you. My mama told me. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. But hey, let's find the silver linings here. Bryce Wilson did not have a great 2022. It has not been great for him since he was traded from the Braves to the Pirates for Richard Rodriguez. And that trade didn't really work out for the Braves either. But remember, Bryce Wilson pitched in the World Series a couple of years ago. So he's been a, a top prospect in the Braves organization for a long time, was part of that trade. It just hasn't clicked in the big leagues. And as I explained to a lot of folks who were, you know, freaking out on Twitter, like, oh my God, this is the big move the Brewers are going to make after the Contreras deal. No, it's not the case. He's just depth, man. Don't overthink it. It's depth. The Brewers look at the starting rotation last year, all the injuries they sustained, having to rely on Jason Alexander, having to sign Chichi Gonzalez, having to sign, you know, multiple guys, having to bring up Ethan Small before he was ready, getting more starts out of Ashby than they expected, then they injured him. This is depth. And, you know, in the worst case scenario, he makes a handful of starts this year for the Brewers. Quite frankly, I don't even know if he's going to survive the next move. Which, So he was added to the 40-man roster was Wilson. And Trevor Kelly was DFA'd, reliever. He's been a bit of a journeyman the last few years. Wish Trevor all the best. He was a great dude to talk to. But for the next move, which is still reported that it's not official yet, but the Brewers bring it back Wade Miley. We're going to have more on Wade coming up in the next segment. But Wade Miley coming back to Milwaukee on a one-year deal base salary of $4.5 million, and with incentives, he can make another $1.5 million. So here's somebody that the Brewers, speaking of depth, this is some quality depth here. And we're going to break him down more a little bit in the next segment, but you look at the starting rotation right now. I mean, Adrian Hauser is now suddenly looking for a home in the bullpen, and you can probably say Aaron Ashby's bound for the bullpen as well. They don't need to rely on him to get 140, 160 innings out of him this season. They can groom him like they want to, like they did in the past with with Brandon Woodruff. Like maybe have a, a hybrid early Josh Hader role as he starts to throw multiple innings perhaps and windows of lefties. This helps Ashby. This helps the bullpen. This helps starting rotation. We're going to preview that coming up next. But that again, that deal is not official. It was reported by Ken Rosenthal the other night on Wednesday. So keep an eye out for that either tomorrow, Friday, or maybe something official coming up next week when the Brewers make the signing. There's a variety of reasons. Of course, the physicals, as we've all learned about how important the physical is in uh, free agency. Carlos Correa is still not signed. Movement on that front coming up later on in the show, but we're just getting going. Uh, We're going to talk about Wade Miley. We're going to talk about the starting pitching up next, but I just wanted to update you on the week that was in Brewers baseball. We're going to break it down a little bit deeper now coming up next. Again, you can join in on the show, Old National Bank Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Old National Bank. Get old. This is Brewers Weekly. Stay tuned. More to come. Wade Miley. I played some cuts this morning on uh, Wisconsin Morning News. 
of uh, Game 2 of the NLCS back in 2018. Pitch into the sixth inning, scoreless against the Dodgers. He even had two hits in that game. I was re-watching. It's on YouTube. I will say, Major League Baseball has come into the new millennium as far as posting playoff games on social media and on YouTube. You can watch the full game on YouTube, and I, I love that. I think that's great, and they have the highlight, the condensed game version up there as well. I was re-watching that game and watching the cutter change-up combo fool the righties for the Dodgers, and it was just fun to watch. I, I think he's a fun pitcher. I, I think, first of all, pitch clock, not going to be an issue for Wade Miley. He's literally the fastest pitcher in baseball as far as time between pitches. So very excited to see him uh, maybe every fifth day, maybe every sixth day. So let's get into it. What does the starting rotation look like? And I want to hear what you think about this too. The old National Bank talking text line is 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Old National Bank, get old. So right now, if I was, you know, if I was Craig Council and, and Kenny Hook, Here's what I'm going with. Corbin Burns on opening day. Brandon Woodruff, game two. Freddie Peralta, game three. Eric Lauer, game four. Wade Miley, game five. Now, what you could do is you can mix that up a little bit. Maybe put Peralta between those lefties. Give it a little bit of a varied look. Uh, there's a lot of ways you can go with that. But that's a really darn good five. And oh, by the way, you still got Ashby. And I know folks are quick to, to rag on Adrian Hauser, but... Hauser's going to throw some important innings this year, you guys. I think you need to be mentally prepared for that. He's not going anywhere, and we're just a year removed from him having a really good season in 2021. There's no reason to believe he can't find it again, at least to some extent. I'm not saying he's going to be an all-star by any means, but he's going to be above average. And I think this six, even seven for the Brewers, if you include Ashby and Hauser in this, is lethal. I mean, it's one of the best in the baseball, top to bottom. Now, it's not top-heavy like maybe some other rotations have, like, the Mets or the Rangers or the Yankees. It's not very top-heavy. Granted, Burns and Woodruff, I would take them one, two, any day. We don't know what we're going to get about Freddie Peralta. It was non-surgical with the shoulder, but you always hold your breath with the shoulder. And then, can Lauer do it again? He really ran out of gas in the second half. And you you still are fairly concerned about a guy that barely pitched it all in 2022 in Wade Miley. He was entering age 36 season. But here's something funny on his baseball reference. Wade Miley has kind of been an alternating guy as far as odd-numbered years have been his bounce-back years. So last year, he spends most of the year injured with shoulder and elbow injuries. None of it's surgical. 2021, great year with the Mets, or with the Reds. 2020, shortened season, but he barely even pitched. He was hurt for most, of, for most of 2020. Okay. 2019, pitch is great. Over 150 innings. 2018, he was hurt but pitched well with the Brewers in the 80 innings he did pitch with Milwaukee. 2017, it's back over 150 innings. 2016, eh, and then it gets back to earlier in his career when he was younger. So if you look at it, there's kind of an alternating pattern here of a bounce back, a bounce back, a bounce back. That's what the Brewers are banking on with Wade Miley. Let me blow your mind real quick. In the 2021 uh, pitcher baseball reference war leaderboard, the year that Corbin Burns won the Cy Young, remember, on baseball reference. So Corbin Burns had a war, according to baseball reference, of 5.6. Okay, it wasn't even top five in the National League. Wade Miley was seventh in the National League in baseball reference war at 5.5. Well, hey now, that was just two years ago. Who say he can't do it again? He had a 337 ERA, a 139 ERA plus, meaning anything over 100 is good, anything under 100 is bad, 100 being league average. So he was 39 points above league average when it comes to ERA plus. 
He threw 163 innings in 2021. The catch is he's always going to pitch the ball to play. He's not going to be a strikeout guy. He never has been, never will be. He threw a no-hitter in 2021 as well. But over 50% ground ball rate for his entire career, I wonder how the shifts are going to impact him. But then I looked into the numbers on StatCast. His Woba is pretty much the same. The numbers are pretty much the same with a shift and without a shift. So I think there's a variety of reasons for that. For one, he's left-handed, so he's not seeing a lot of left-handed batters. And for two, righties don't get shifted as often. And plus him throwing cutters, it's hard to pull a cutter when he's throwing it on your hands or he's jamming you. So that might be something to do with it. Maybe it's a reason to believe, like, all right, you can keep putting the ball in play. And the Brewers' defense, on paper, should be just as good, if not better, than last season. Urias at third, Adamas at short, probably Bryce Terang at second, and or Owen Miller, and or Abraham Toro. And Toro can play a good third base as well. This is fine and rowdy at first. I mean, that's a solid defense that can handle ground balls from Wade Miley. They've already been handling it with Adrian Hauser. I really like this pickup for the Brewers. Again, it's not official. They still need to make a corresponding 40-man move if they want to put him on the roster. They have not announced the signing, but look, I'm, I'm going to go to bat for Ken Rosenthal all day. If Ken Rosenthal is calling it, I'm calling it, all right? Uh, the weird thing here... The Brewers made a trade earlier in the day on Wednesday for Bryce Wilson, DFAing Trevor Kelly to acquire Bryce Wilson. I, I mean, do you DFA Bryce Wilson in order to get Wade Miley on the roster? It wouldn't it wouldn't really uh, surprise me, to be honest. So there may be another move coming as far as another pitcher getting uh, moved or Bryce Wilson getting DFA'd. There's, there's a lot to be figured out when Wade Miley officially joins the roster. But I'm looking forward to it. I think it's a great pickup. And you look at the rest of the bullpen, let's say, you know, expecting the 28-man roster to start this season with a limit on 14 pitchers, again, because you're allowed to start with 28, then it shrinks down to 26 after the first month of the season. Let's say, all right, you're carrying those five starters that we mentioned a moment ago, Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, Lauer, Miley. Then you've got Ashby and Hauser as long relief in the bullpen. Maybe Pyomps makes the team coming out of spring training uh, after he was traded for from the uh, the A's as part of that William Contreras deal. Then you got Javi Guerra, who was acquired from the Rays this year. The Brewers are really looking for a bounce back out of him. Then you go into the traditional names you've heard of. Hobie Milner, Jake Cousins, Peter Strzelecki, Matt Bush, uh, Devin Williams. Maybe you throw in uh, Gus Varlin because he's a, 40, uh, a, a Rule 5 pick. So he's on the 40-man right now. The Brewers have to decide if they want to keep him. They have options in the middle of the bullpen. I think the back end of the bullpen is pretty set between Strzelecki and Bush and Williams and and Milner and maybe even Cousins coming back as well. So there's a lot to like for the Brewers. they got to figure out those middle innings right now and who's going to be the back end of the rotation once this Wade Miley deal becomes official. So I, I like it. I, I truly like it. I think the fan reaction is good. And this adds depth. It's a low-risk, high-reward signing, and it's only $4.5 million. I mean, it's not my money, I know, but at the end of the day, Brewers finally signed a big-league free agent. All right, they did it. They finally, we, can, we can move on from the joke. It's the only one, but hey, you got to start somewhere. We're going to talk about Fangraphs. If you're not familiar with the best website in baseball, you need to be. Fangraphs puts out the Zips projections, and they just finished up their Brewers projections coming up. We're going to talk about those. We're going to talk about their prospect rankings for the Brewers as well. That came out this week. All that and plenty more coming up. This is Brewers Weekly. Back with more Brewers Weekly after this. (laughs) 
teased to heading into the break. We're going to talk fan graphs. You've never read fan graphs. Why? What's taking you so long? Right, Justin? I just blew your mind in the break there showing you fan graphs. It's the best site ever, right? It's the best site. It's got great everything. Great site. Great site. It's got prospects. It's got rosters. It's got projections. It's got everything. Everything you could ever want. And annually, they have their own annual ZIPS projections. That's an acronym. I won't bore you with the math of it. Uh, it's created by Dan Zimborski. He's been doing this for a long time. Uh, Dan Zimborski is a genius, and he's got an epic Excel sheet talking about everything as far as, all right, what did this dude do in 2022? Did he have any injuries? What did he do against fastballs? What, I mean, the level of detail is intense. They've also got the steamer on there as well, which is another projection service. But Zips is one of their main ones. And he goes in a different order every year as far as, uh, you know, basically how he puts out the Zips and just put out the Brewers one today. So I wanted to go through some of these. We're also going to talk about the prospect rankings coming up in the next segment as well from Fangraphs. That's not from Dan Zimborski. That's from Eric Longenhagen. But we're going to talk about some of the things that Zips likes about the Brewers and some of the things that inconclusive. Now, last year, it picked, a, it was accurate in picking a regression batting average-wise and strikeout-wise from Willie Adamas. It did not accurately have his 30-plus home run season. So, it, it's look, it's projecting baseball is hard. It's 162 games, man. Also, Willie got hurt last year, so there's a lot going on. But I will say, right off the bat, Fangraphs and Zips likes Willie Adamas and for him to bounce back in 2022. It's already putting Willie projected to hit 252, so pretty much 50 points better than he did last year. Have a 114 OPS plus, so 14 points better than league average. And 29 homers to flirt with his own record once again. They have another feature on here where it basically breaks down, hey, here's the 20th percentile saying, like, I don't think this is going to happen on the negative side of things, but it could happen. And the 80th percentile on the positive side of things that could happen as far as what the models spit out. And the 80th percentile for Willie Adamas put him at a 135 OPS plus and an almost six-war player, 5.8. That'd be ridiculous. That'd be incredible. So it's on It's on the books. And in case you're wondering, the 20th percentile rating was down to a 96 OPS plus. So it's pretty volatile. See what happens when it comes to Willie Adamas in 2022. He's already, or 2023, I should say. He's already said, like, I should not hit 200. I should hit better. My batting average is terrible given how good the advanced metrics were. Another thing that, uh, another player that Zips likes, Jesse Winker. In fact, Zips is projecting Jesse Winker to lead the Brewers in on-base percentage, not Christian Yelich. Over 360 on-base is what his projection is. Now, don't take this to the bank and say, Dom, you told me Jesse Winker was going to lead it on but No, I'm reading you the projections. That also doesn't mean tweet mean things to Dan Zimborski if that does or doesn't happen. So I thought that was very interesting. We've we've read about his eye. I've actually got a video breakdown coming up on Jesse Winker on my YouTube page. Uh, I've had a lot of great feedback on that already so far. we got plenty more content coming. Took a breather for the holidays, but uh, Jesse Winker breakdown is coming up soon. Uh, that's Just search Dom Brewers WTMJ on YouTube and you'll find the first three videos we've got up there as well. Uh, but the other thing that the other player that the Zips projections likes is Rowdy Telez. And this may have something to do with shifts and more on shifts a little bit later on in the show. We got plenty more to talk about here. But for Rowdy, he's projected to hit 247, 
with a 118 OPS plus, and again, leading the team in home runs with 31. I think Rowdy, I, I talked a lot this offseason about how the Brewers should be considering a right-handed first baseman, somebody that can play regularly, somebody that can hit left-handed pitching. And it sounds like, as opposed to Keston Hira, more on him in a second, they may be not opposed to putting Owen Miller at first base. And even Owen Miller has said, yeah, I've played a lot of first base. i got no problem with that. And as opposed to teaching Keston Hira on the fly, as he has been the last couple of years, first base hasn't quite worked out. Also doesn't hit lefties very well. This is a very important spring training for Keston Hira. Now, I'd be shocked if they cut him in spring training, but he's out of options. So if something goes wrong or if he's not performing well in the first month and a half or so, the Brewers do not have the chance to just send him down to Nashville to get him right. He's out of options. So they got to figure out what they want with Keston here. And I think that's what the signings of Abraham Toro and Owen Miller signal of saying, like, look, we're we're ready to figure out what we need to do defensively if we want to keep Keston as a platoon DH with Jesse Winker, where maybe Keston is the reverse DH, where he bats against righties sometimes to give Winker a day off because he's left-handed. So uh, it's interesting to see how they're going to figure out or they're going to force Keston to learn how to hit lefties. Sibs is also not really a fan of Keston here average-wise, which isn't really a surprise. They do think his power is going to be around, though, which I guess is encouraging. It's always been there for Keston. Lots of swing and miss, though, still. Zip says he's going to hit 21 homers this year, which sign me up for that right now. But they're also saying he's going to get over 400 plate appearances. I would be very surprised if Keston gets 400 plate appearances this year, quite frankly. That would mean an injury would have to happen. Something else would have to go down. Uh, He's playing second base or something. I don't know what would cause over 400 plate appearances from Keston Hira this season. How about the pitchers, though? Zips, as expected, big fan of Corbin Burns, big fan of Brandon Woodruff, big fan of Devin Williams. It's sheepish on Freddie Peralta coming back from his shoulder injury, but still rating him as a two-war player, which is well above league average. And quite frankly, as we mentioned earlier in the show, if Freddie comes back looking like 2021 Freddie, the NL should buckle up. If Freddie comes back you know, with low velo and cause for concern, then we all hold our breath because he's got the extension and things of that nature. But the good news is with these deals this week, this buys some time. If there is something going wrong, if they want to ease Freddie into the season, trying to get a full season's work out of him, that they've got Wade Miley ready. They've got Ashby ready. They've got Lauer ready. They've got Howes ready. The Brewers have big league capable starting rotation depth. Beyond that, to be, to be determined. Ethan Small, not really big on zips right now. Robert Gasser, they don't know what to expect out of him. Is he going to start in AAA? Is he going to start in AA? I don't think Gasser is going to be pitching in the big leagues in 2023, given the signals of these moves the Brewers have just made. You still got guys in the pipeline. Mizorowski is someone to get really excited about. The trade with the Hunter Renfro deal, Jansen Junk. Uh, you still got some other prospects involved in that. More on that in the next segment, but I encourage you to go click around on the Zips projections. You maybe learn something. Bookmark it for the end of the year. We'll definitely look at it again at the end of the season. But uh, Zips is saying Brandon Woodruff is going to lead the Brewers in ERA. Just by .03, though. 2.96 compared to Burns, 2.99. Also says they're both going to allow 16 homers. Burns going to have more strikeouts. Uh, Both going to throw about 160-plus innings. I don't think Burns is going to throw that few innings, but we'll see. 
This would be interesting. I, I, I love breeding zips. I think it's something to learn, something to enjoy, and smile about at the end of the year of how wrong or how right it was. Uh, also, I, I, Justin, I know you noticed it. Aaron Judge, 43 home runs projected on a steamer for uh, the reigning uh, batting champ, the, the historic. So it's not always right. Don't take it as gospel, man. Okay? It's going to be okay. All right? Don't, don't get mad at me. You're getting mad at I told you not to get mad at me, man. All right, we're going to talk about the prospects now. Let's talk a little bit about the future. Fangraphs also ranks prospects as well, and they dropped their Brewers' top 36 prospects. Let's talk about that list coming up next on Brewers Weekly. Thanks for joining us on a Thursday evening. Brewers made some headlines this week, acquiring Alex Claudio on a minor league deal, reportedly acquiring Wade Miley as a free agent. The deal's not yet official. Trading for Bryce Wilson from the Pirates. DFAing Trevor Kelly. They also announced an event today. I want to remind folks, if you missed it earlier, the Brewers and WTMJ will be hosting Hot Stove and Cold Brews. Wednesday, January 18th. It'll be at Dugout 54. So hope you can join us again, not this coming Wednesday, but the following Wednesday on January 18th. Doors will open at 430 it's a totally free event, completely free. Dugout 54 will be live on the air from 6 to 7 with a, a roundtable. It'll be myself, Greg Matzik, and uh, the following list of guests. Craig Council, Matt Arnold, Willie Adamas, Garrett Mitchell, Sal Freelich, Freddie Peralta, Owen Miller, Aaron Ashby. That's a heck of a list. You can take photos with them. You can mingle with the guys. Again, doors open at 4.30, Wednesday, January 18th. Tell your friends, Dugout 54 is the site for Hot Stove and Cold Brews, and we'll be live there broadcasting with a live Q&A with the guys, with Council, with Arnold, and with the players as well. Uh, Hope to see you out there again, January 18th, Dugout 54. One of the guys on this list, Sal Freelich, is still technically a prospect, and I think uh, inviting Sal... As you know, of course, back in the day of Brewers on Deck, you'd always see prospects and see guys getting involved. But this is a good sign saying, like, yeah, no, Sal's going to be a big part of this team. And they want to have him up. They want to see what he can do with the Brewers in 2023. And Fangraphs dropped its top 36 prospects in the Brewers organization. Sal is listed at number three for the second straight season. This is written by Eric Longenhangen on Fangraphs.com. Totally free to read. Really would encourage you to subscribe to Fangraphs like I do. So here's the top five. Jackson Trujillo is number one. No surprise there. He was number eight on the preseason list last year. So it just shows how fast it can move. Number two, Bryce Terang. He moves up from the five spot last year. Number three, as we mentioned, Sal Freelich. He stays the same. Number four is Joey Weimer. Down from number two, but calling it down really is not really the case. He's still a great player. And number five, new on the list, Robert Gasser, of course, a mid-year acquisition via trade in the Josh Hader deal. The rest of the top ten goes like this. Garrett Mitchell at six, but he's going to be the in the big leagues this year. Abner Uribe, who was in the fall league this year, uh, he's a reliever. Flamethrowing righty, he was added to the 40-man. Uh, Jacob Mizorowski is one of the younger starting prospects in the Brewers organization. He's only an A-ball uh, this past season. He's a Juco draftee. Mizorowski, and then uh, Eric Brown Jr., the first-round pick last year out of Coastal Carolina. 
And then number 10 is Jefferson Caro, the catcher in high A. And to go 36 deep, they have a write-up on every single guy. Uh, a couple of guys I want to point out here. First of all, if you're wondering, where's Ethan Small? Look, Ethan Small, after he made his big league debut, really struggled. Not only in the big leagues, obviously, but down in AAA, too. So, Ethan, uh, really, this is kind of an important year for Ethan. to Make sure he can get it back on track to see if he can find his way back to the big leagues. In the write-up, Eric Long and Hagen writes, Small's now had two consecutive seasons with lots of walks, and he's aged into his mid-20s. It's become clear that he's not a great on-mound athlete, which makes it less likely that those issues will improve. There are still two real big league weapons here, especially Small's changeup. In fact, he grades it out as a 70-grade changeup. So if Ethan Small can figure things out, don't forget about him. And he's still ranked at number 13 on the prospect list from Fangraphs. Another guy that uh, I really wanted to point out, Tyler Black. He's got a lot of pub this week on Fangraphs as well. Great plate discipline, one of the better graded uh, hit tools in the Brewers organization. He was sent to high A for his first pro season. He had a 406 on base in Appleton. So uh, incredible numbers there. He's only 22 years old out of Wright State. Drafted first round back in 2021. So looking forward to seeing what Tyler Black can do there. Jefferson Caro is a guy that we've talked about a little bit in the fall league. And with the move that Mario Feliciano was placed and thus claimed off waivers by the Tigers this past December, obviously William Contreras is going to be here for a long time catching. But Victor Caratini's here for one more year. They've got Peyton Henry on the 40-man. Uh, they've got depth at least at the big league level and on the 40-man right now. But when it comes to the future, Jefferson Caro... Look out for him. Uh, they they really are a big fan of him. He's from Venezuela. Best tool is probably his power, his raw power, that is. He's only 20 years old, and he had a, a solid showing in the fall league. Let's let him groom a little bit more. I imagine he'll be in Appleton for most of 2023. Again, it goes 36 deep. They also have some superlatives at the end of this list as well. A couple of guys that pop up here, Adam Seminaris, number 29. He was acquired in the Hunter Renfro deal. Justin Yeager at number 30. He was acquired in the William Contreras deal. Lucas Urseg slides in at number 31. Of course, former top-round pick turned pitcher now. He will be a non-roster invitee to spring training this year, pitching for the Brew Crew. And maybe some other younger guys that you haven't heard about or forgotten about of drafts and things of that nature. So, Fangraphs.com, go to the Prospects tab. You can see the entire lineup of the Brewers' top 38 prospects. I was selling it short, so great content there. On fan graphs. I want to shift over now. Let's talk about the new rules and talk about one of the more notable new rules. The shift rule, obviously changing in 2023. And MLB.com, Mike Petriello, Tom Tango, the StatCast Minds, put out a great article today about players that are going to be gaining hits according to StatCast without the shift rule. And there's a name on here that you will be shocked is among the most hits robbed of in 2022. That is a Brewer. In fact, he was among the, the leaders as far as hits robbed. He would gain the most hits this year with no shift. I'm going to tell you who that is and some other Brewers on this list coming up next on Brewers Weekly. Welcome back. I'm Dominic Catronio, Old National Bank, talking text line 855-616-1620, Old National Bank. Get old. Tease that we're going to talk about shifts in the new rule. So a quick refresher. One of the new rules coming in baseball in 2023 is a shift restriction. Defensive alignment. You have to have 
four infielders on the dirt in 2023, and they both have to be on two side. They have to be two aside when the pitch is released. So it doesn't stop a shortstop from sprinting over to the other side and hoping he's in the right place at the right time. But when the pitch is released, your feet have to be on the dirt, two aside, and then you can sprint over. The point is, though, this is eliminating the guy in shallow right field. This is eliminating three infielders on one side, all that fun stuff. I'm for this. For a long time, I was against it. I've explained it simply to a lot of other folks. Hey, in the NBA, you've got the restricted area and you've got three in the key. In the NFL, you've got illegal formations. You can't have a guy running forward when he's in motion. Uh, there are you got to have at least seven guys in the line. There are a lot of rules that are where you can and can't play. Soccer, you got offsides. NHL, you got offsides with the blue line. So, I mean, this isn't foreign. It's just been foreign to baseball. And quite frankly, I'm sick of everyone saying, oh, it's ruining the game. It's not going to ruin the game. It's not. I'm sorry. More action is not going to ruin the game. And more athletes are not going to ruin the game. But Mike Petriello, if you don't follow him, he's kind of one of the main writers of StatCast and Baseball Savant. And, and y'all think I'm smart. I just read the smart people. I'm not smart. I just know where to find the smart people. I just Mike Petriello is one of those smart people, along with Tom Tango. And put out a series this past week about Corey Seager was the most robbed player last season, according to the shift. 20 hits he's projected to gain this season without the shift rules, or with the new shift rules here in 2023. But he also wrote a follow-up. Who are the other hitters? They're going to get big boosts for no shifts. And also some, maybe you thought these guys would get a big boost, but actually not so much. But there are a few brewers on this list. And Justin, I challenge you to guess, Justin Pottinger, our producer here on Brewers Weekly, I challenge you to guess which brewer you thought would be Due for the most hits in 2023 without the shift. Your guest was? Andrew McCutcheon or Rowdy Telez. They were both on the list. Both great guesses. But they are not the right one. Oh, man. So let me blow your mind real quick. I want your honest reaction here. What if I told you that Tyrone Taylor would get 10 more hits without the shift rule in 2023 versus 2022? Yeah, I was definitely not expecting that. Yelich would have been my third guess, so he was not on my radar. Wow. Tyrone Taylor is projected to gain the fourth most hits in baseball because of the shift. Now, 10 hits isn't a ton, I know. But hey, it's ball and play. You never know what can happen. Tyrone Taylor, when he hits the ball on the ground, it's pulled almost every single time. And... He's fast, but he's not, you know, lethal fast. So teams overload the left side and just trust, all right, if he's going to pull a ground ball, it's going to be right at one of our guys. So Tyrone Taylor is not going to be facing three infielders on the left side of second base this year. I would like to see him elevate the ball more, of course, but hey, anything helps for that batting average, right? Matters in arbitration, baby. So Tyrone Taylor, that surprised me. The other, other names on this list, so Kyle Schwarber is next behind Corey Seager. At 12 hits gained. Also, Carlos Santana is projected to gain 12 more hits. Then Tyrone at 10. There's a few more names. Rowdy is at 8 gained hits for 2023. And here's another name I didn't expect. As a left-handed batter, Abraham Toro is expected to gain 9 more hits 
but he lost one as a right-handed hitter. So it balances down to eight hits gained in 2023. I thought that was very interesting too. So a couple of Brewers there on a list. When when you talk about Christian Yelich, I was looking into the numbers and I've got a breakdown coming on him in, in the near future about how little he gets pitched away because teams know when they're shifting him, he has the ability to flip it the other way. We saw him do that a lot last season. I wonder now if teams, because let's be honest, Yelly isn't the same power hitter that he was. I wonder if teams are going to be more aggressive on the inner third of the plate to Christian Yelich, knowing that he's not going to be able to tag it as he used to. He's not going to be hitting 20, 30 homers a year anymore. I'd love to be wrong about that. But I wonder how the approach is going to be different against Christian Yelich. Not that he lost a ton of hits because of the shift, but he's a guy that can still sprint well, has the ability to go the other way, and was shifted a lot against last season. Whereas Rowdy Telez, he's got no speed, he's a power-hitting lefty, he does not go the opposite field. Teams are going to find a way to move a guy over, shift him, figure out what they need to do in order to do it. So I, I found it really interesting. If you want to check it out, it's on MLB.com. It's on Baseball Savant. Mike Petriello. It's Mike underscore P-E-T-R-I-E-L-L-O. If you don't follow Mike already, what do you? I mean, he tweets great stats. Him and Sarah Langs, uh, awesome stuff. Also, fighting for Sarah Langs, if you don't know, if you don't follow, if you're not familiar. Sarah Langs is another great researcher at Major League Baseball and MLB Network. Sarah Langs does what I do on a national stage, what I do for the Brewers. She does it on the national stage. Uh, basic, so she's uh, being diagnosed with ALS. So we're, we're we're all fighting for her. Sarah Langs is one of the best humans on the planet. Her, Mike Petriello, Tom Tango, they do great work with Baseball Savant, and they make me sound smart here on this show. So we got a lot more to talk about. We're going to wrap up the show, and uh, hopefully see you uh, at Dugout 54 coming up in a couple weeks. We'll tease that again coming up. Stay tuned. Brewers Weekly wraps up after this. More Brewers Weekly coming up on WTMJ. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Got about two minutes left in the show. I said we had a lot more to talk about. Well, we're kind of out of time. But I want a quick reminder once again for folks who missed it earlier. We've got a new event coming up in about two weeks' time, January 18th. That's a Wednesday night. It'll be at Dugout 54, Hot Stove and Cold Brews. It's a roundtable Photo opportunities and a totally free event. Did I mention it's free, Justin? Hey, Justin, it's free. F-R-E-E. Dugout 54. January 18th. Doors will open at 4.30. Here is the guest list as now subject to change. Myself and Greg Matzik will be hosting a roundtable live at 6 o'clock there here on WTMJ. But here are our guests. Craig Council, Matt Arnold, Willie Adamas, Freddie Peralta, Aaron Ashby, Owen Miller, Sal Freelich, and Garrett Mitchell. So we would love to see you out there at Dugout 54. We'll tease it throughout the next week and a half or so as we get ready uh, to have everybody out there. Really looking forward to meeting some of y'all in person as well. We're on again next week as well. Hope to see you right back here on Brewers Weekly. Uh, We're going to be dancing around the schedule a little bit over the next couple of weeks because of uh, Bucks playing on some Thursdays here coming up in the near future. So keep an eye out on my social media, at Dom underscore Catronio. You can also follow me on Instagram, Dom Brewers WTMJ. Twitter, at Dom underscore Catronio. But looking around, uh, again, the Brewers next week, double-checking my schedule here, next week will be on Friday, because they have games on Wednesday and Thursday, and then we'll be back to Thursday for the 19th, 
and the 26th. So thanks for tuning in. We'll see uh, what else the Brewers going to do in the next two weeks. We're 50 days from spring training, y'all. 50 5 Thank you so much for listening. For our producer, Justin Pottinger, I'm Dom Catronio. Keep on swinging.